You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. After my heart has regained its correct rhythm tonight thankfully we're going to be talking about an auburn tigers victory on this episode over the arkansas razorbacks by the score of 79 to 76 in overtime auburn's overall record now stands at 20 and 2 on the year 7 and 2 in the sec it's nice to see that number 20 again we're going to break down all of the action storylines from this overtime win on the road for the Tigers. And to do that, I brought in my friend and co-host, Mr. Drew Hooper. Drew, have you settled down at all? Or are you kind of like me, still kind of get the adrenaline pumping? Well, I have breaking news, actually. What's the breaking news? Uh, the NCAA has served Auburn notice of allegations for playing the transfer number 55 in the second half. <laughs> that would be our luck, wouldn't it? That, that's a joke from our 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 resident Auburn Elvis, who we love and adore. I saw that one and it would see, it would be the most NCAA thing for them to serve a notice of allegations against a team for a guy who had to switch jerseys, just not noticing that he switched jerseys, but it'd also be the most Auburn thing to get it in trouble be. for something like that. It, it just would be, you know, you've got this high of getting a, a, a decent road win on the road, a really good looking one in terms of on paper, not the way we played at times, but on paper, it looks good w- going to Fayetteville right now and winning. But then you've got this other storyline that just always seems to creep in and just take our little joy away. That's why we're Auburn fans. It's what we deal with on a constant basis, really hot, high highs, and then they just plummet back down all at the same time. So it wouldn't surprise me in the least if that happens. Uh, Drew, this is our third overtime of the year. You know, I, I you know I know a lot of people don't like it when I push predictions on them. But did you think that we'd be talking about three overtimes already this season? Uh, was it our third overtime? Who was so, the Who was the other one? I believe it was Furman. I believe it was Ole Miss, and this one as well. I may who have been our- misquo- I may have misquoted what they said on 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 TV tonight, but I believe that was our third, if I'm correct. We went to, I didn't remember going to OT against Furman. Gosh, it's been a long season. We went to overtime with someone. In we did. We did. And then it's Ole Miss and Arkansas. So that would definitely yeah. be three, but maybe it's Gosh, not Furman. I hate Tuesday nights in the SEC. <laughs> I, I miss playing on Wednesday nights in the SEC. Tuesdays suck. Here's what I've learned, Drew. It doesn't matter what sport it is. If it's the middle of the week, Auburn just doesn't do as well as they should. They sometimes get a win because you remember that kansas state game a couple years ago in football in Gosh. manhattan kansas that you never want to go to manhattan on a thursday like you're it right awful it kansas just... state gets weird they got some voodoo nonsense <laughs> i mean it's kansas it's the middle of the world uh, middle of the world it's the middle of the united states uh nothing against Ka- kansas but i'm just saying there's some weird funky stuff going on over there i mean 
baseball struggles with the midseason game or the midweek games, it seems like, whether it's like an Alabama state who sneaks out a win. Here's the thing. If you're in the middle of a week with an Auburn event, just know that your heart's going to stop at one point or the another. So get your Clint Richardson gift ready. Uh, the point stands, though. We are victors tonight on the road. Andrew, I think personally that this is our best road win of the season. Would you agree or do you have one better? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. Just I, I think it was the ugliest win in the world. I mean, on paper, I guess that's where we deal in this life is on paper as far as NCAA basketball goes. So, yeah, it's our best win on paper yeah, for sure. As far as best win on the road, I don't think so. But best win on paper as far as seeding and making sure you stay in the top 25 and all that for sure. Well, and it was crucial for Arkansas to have gotten this win tonight if they could have, because this was we were we're a quad one win for people now. That's just you know this is a weird thing for people to realize. You need a win against Auburn to pad your resume. So had they gotten the win tonight, this would have really helped their chances and their seeding in the tournament. And they're projected to be in it at at this point, and they're also battling for that second tier of the SEC right now. Those those group of teams that are trying to fight their way in with LSU. Auburn, Kentucky right now. So it's it sucks for them. <laughs> it's great for us because I would say when you go talk about SEC road wins, Mississippi State and Arkansas stand out for Auburn there. Uh, we can't really count Ole Miss. I mean, we count it, but it, it's that one was just ridiculous. You, you thought this one was ugly, Drew? Tell me you don't think it was as ugly as the Ole Miss one a week ago. Oh, no. I mean, it's all atrocious. Like, I, it's been awful. I... I get so frustrated watching these games. I mean, and once the game's over, like it's back to life as usual. But just in the two halves, I I want to rip just like the TV off the entertainment center. I want to just uh, annihilate everything because it's so awful to watch. And I, I'm just tired of going down by a lot. And then just praying to God that we get back in it because – Half the time, it never looks like we're going to get back in. And then you look up and you're like, oh, crap, Auburn's with him one. Yeah. Uh, how did we get here? And honestly, I don't think anyone ever knows how we get there. We just get there. Sometimes you don't want to ask or even look at how the sausage is made, Drew. You just want to accept it, take a bite, and then just keep going forward. Uh, and I think that's the healthiest way that we as Auburn fans can uh, go with midweek games right now. Uh, and hopefully this is, I know this is not going to be the last Tuesday night game we play, but I feel like we fare better on Wednesday nights for some reason. I don't know. It's just some weird voodoo thing that's out there. Uh, just for perspective of the Auburn fans that weren't able to watch or listen to the game tonight, I'll give you a little bit of how the game went. First half, there was a lot of lead changes uh, with Auburn trying to nurse a very small lead, which they did take into the half. The second half, another this round of lead changes, which resulted eventually in Arkansas building, I think about a nine point, I think they were in double digits at one point, a lead. Again, Auburn fights back and takes it to overtime, and they eventually get the win in overtime, and that one was even just as close as it was at the end of regulation. So thankfully, Auburn with the win at overtime here. So, Drew, your opinions of Arkansas after seeing them in person, do they belong in the upper tier of SEC teams right now? Oh, yes, and especially when they get Isaiah Joe back. It's going to be atrocious. Like whenever I saw that he had knee surgery and was out, it was probably the biggest boost for Auburn. And frankly, as far as the ugliness of the game went, Auburn did an awful job of taking that advantage and using it to its fullest potential. 
Yeah, well, let's talk about this too. The big guy that they we even pointed out last episode to pay attention to, Mason Jones. Uh, he stepped up in a big way for them with the absence of Isaiah Joe here. Uh, you know, obviously it takes a cog out of their machine, but uh, thankfully for them, Mason was able to uh, rise to the occasion and become just a, an absolute beast tonight. I, you know, I don't want to sit here and just completely spend our time congratulating and talking good about Arkansas, uh, but I got to give credit to Mason Jones. He played extremely well tonight. What did you think about him? I mean, he was good. Uh, like uh, he scores a lot of points. He was their main go-to and we struggled to shut him down and we played very good defense in a lot of facets, but whenever he wanted to get a bucket, he got a bucket. Yeah. And I, and I thought that we did a good job of putting Okoro on him at times. He's been our best defender. And there were a couple of times that you saw uh, the senior or the upperclassmen take advantage of the underclassmen, that being Okoro. Um, where he you know, would draw him up off his feet and jump up into him to take a three-point shot there. I, you know, I thought Okoro again shows that he plays defense for the most part beyond his years, and even with him being in foul trouble tonight, uh, he does not foul out of the game. Uh, he does Actually, I, I'm misquoted on that. He only was in – I was thinking he had four, and I think the TV people got me all mixed up. He only had three tonight, but that's still foul trouble. I thought he played pretty good defense, though, tonight. Yeah, he he played pretty good defense. I thought it was um, one of his better nights as far as all around game went. He he showed it in every area, and I think he kind of got put in a predicament at the end of that first half, and then beginning of the second half, whenever he picked up some quick fouls that I'm not exactly sure were fouls. But once again, back to the refs, they have been atrociously, mm. consistently inconsistent all year. <laughs> And I mean, like both teams have a reason to gripe. Ultimately, the refs never, they didn't lose anyone the game, but they didn't make this game any prettier by taking themselves out of it almost. Here's the thing too, is I, and I'm, I'm happy in this stance that at least I, I would think Arkansas doesn't have a lot of gripe because they got away with a lot of stuff too. Auburn got away with a lot of stuff. There's just inconsistency is the word inconsistency consistently inconsistent is the word to describe sec refs right now it's been absolutely awful and i can't even imagine what it's like to be an sec coach right now trying to coach your players up and teach them all right so they're they're keying off of this right now and they're really paying attention to this thing but then they don't pay attention to it at all in the next game so it's really it's just it's a hard thing to try to manage right now uh at whether you're a player or coach or staff member there on how to anticipate these refs affecting the the game. And it's it's very frustrating to watch for us as fans. I can only imagine how frustrating it is for them as well. I thought tonight that Arkansas, um, whether by design or not, did a good job of eliminating Wiley from the game plan. He only sees, and thankfully because of overtime, he saw a few more minutes than he actually would have gotten, uh, but 11 minutes of playtime tonight. Was that just because of foul trouble or was something else going on that you noticed? Oh, it, it's, it starts with we can't get the ball down to our our bigs at all. And then just so happened that we can never get the ball down to our bigs. And then tonight the issue was also neither of our bigs could catch the ball. Right. And so that just compounds the, the issue. It's been a a glaring weakness of this Auburn team all season. And it finished with seven turnovers registered for both the big men of, because when they'd even catch it, they wouldn't high point the ball. They would instead bring it down lower to where a smaller Arkansas team could get to it. And I, I think that's something 
if we don't begin to fix, it's going to basically eliminate our bigs being a viable part of this offense unless Macklemore steps out and hits a bunch of threes again like he has in games past. Yeah. Honestly, like what what we really need to focus on is the passes there, but oftentimes we're we're waiting too long to let the defender get into position before them will make the pass. We will pump fake whenever the defender's out of position and give him time to get back in position and then either force the pass where it's easily tipped and the other team goes on a break or we just don't pass it and continue to swing it around and it, you either got to toss it down there and let the big men work or go to a different style of offense. Because right now there's so many wasted possessions for this Auburn team trying to get it down low to McLemore and to Wiley to no avail. Well, and you saw at the beginning of the season in non-conference play, we were doing that a lot and it was successful. But now as we moved into SEC play, there's just been a shift in how teams are defending us or just maybe even just flat out skill level that uh, you can't do the same, expect to do the same things against a higher caliber uh, group of, of teams in the SEC than, than the, what you were spread across and what you were getting in non-conference play. So, But it was very frustrating, you know, because Wiley only sees 11 minutes. Normally him and Macklemore are sharing time there. So I, I didn't know if, I guess what I was getting at was I didn't catch if there was an injury. I know that there were murmurs about some players that were, a little under the weather tonight. Uh, I didn't catch any glimpses of that, although I, I kind of wonder if that kind of played into why Wiley only saw 11 minutes tonight, and he only had three fouls. Granted, he got those pretty quickly into the game there. But uh, a lot of players in foul trouble tonight. Macklemore fouls out. Uh, stills for Arkansas fouls out. A couple of more players for Arkansas were in even more trouble tonight. So the question has to be asked, Drew, if Arkansas actually does have their other player here tonight does Ar- uh, isaiah joe does arkansas win this game oh i think so absolutely and then wit had an awful game for them yeah. like absolutely atrocious game and i think even if he would have showed up auburn loses this game because right. it, basically wit scored no points i think he may score two points overall the entire game and i mean just adding one of the other top five scorers in the SEC at about 16 points a game, you definitely would have all the impact you would need if Isaiah Joe plays in this game or even if Witt shows up. And so that definitely they would have won this game. I I do have something that I think was kind of the big kicker that let Arkansas stay in this game for long periods of time. And it's someone that really hasn't made a mistake all year for the most part that I think made a mistake tonight. And that's Bruce Pearl. I, I think he made a large mistake in the first half and a large mistake in the second half. Uh, they didn't learn from in the first half and that was going to the zone. It was obvious. Yeah. We didn't know where we needed to be in the zone. Yeah. And we were giving very big gaps. And both of those times, Arkansas went on a 10 and then a 14 a run to really yeah. kind of push the ball game. And the first time when it happened, Auburn was up by 10. And that's whenever we see Arkansas hop up to the lead that they did in the first half. And then second half comes around after we ditched it and very same thing happens. Auburn wasn't up, but we went back to the zone and then Arkansas immediately goes on a 9-0 run. Yeah. And, you know, something interesting I noticed now that you've mentioned that is that I, 
I even noticed the deficiencies of finding your man when they're switching back off of the zone back to man. There were some times there where they were kind of getting mixed up on who was supposed to be with who. And uh, so there just seemed to not be a lot of cohesion defensively tonight. Uh, granted, they only allowed uh, 76 points, and that's with overtime as well. So points-wise, you'd think that the team did very well defensively, but uh, I'd have to agree with you on that. I think it was probably one of the few poor decisions that we've seen from Coach Pearl uh, in this game. And we're, talk- we're, we're talking a lot of negatives about Auburn in a win, but the, this is I think this was a game that Auburn could have easily not have been in such a bad situation because the thing that we've been talking a lot about, Drew, is – given up huge leads in the first half and Auburn doesn't do that on the road here. And I kind of was feeling very hopeful that this was going to turn out differently because of the way we started in the first half. Um, So I I don't know. It could have been the whole zone thing could have been something else. I just don't know what changed and what decisions were made there to make it such a difficult thing here tonight. What other Auburn players stuck out to you tonight that did well? I mean, Okora obviously did well. I mean, it's hard to continue to not talk about him. Like, I, I think he was a very steadying force. Obviously, Dowdy did well. But I, I think the big one who I've been very critical of, yeah, he had a Jekyll and Hyde game again. But honestly, whatever the, the 55 did, and sometimes, like, for <laughs> for sports people, like, who are very superstitious playing, like, sometimes it's just shaking off in your head some juju and getting going with it. And whenever that jersey got ripped and he swapped to 55, he – attack the basket with the ferocity that we saw in non-conference play. He was very, he was much more confident in his shot, confident in his free throw shooting. And I mean, let me toss you out this stat. Like after he swapped jerseys, he scored 12 points, Mm. assisted on two baskets Mm -hmm. and I had a hockey assist on three other baskets. Very nice. I mean, two for two or two from the line. He, He went two or three in overtime for the line I mean, he he was a different player, and he was exactly who Auburn needed him to be whenever Auburn needed him to be it. He struggled very much up until the the oddity of his jersey getting ripped, and after that, Javon McCormick was the Javon McCormick we saw in the NCAA tournament run last year. Yeah. You know, sports is a funny thing, uh, whether it's, you know, some kind of voodoo that's put on the ball, a ripped jersey or something. Just things just happen that you can't explain sometime. And it just kind of flips a switch in a player's head. And you definitely saw that with McCormick tonight. Uh, I got to give him some props. Uh, yes, again, there are some times that he frustrates you, but I think he he is the reason that Auburn makes this run tonight, or at least a very big reason for it. Yes, Dowdy had 23 points tonight. That's what kept them in this game and allowed them to get a lead at one point early in the first half. But McCormick, rising to the occasion the way he had not just scoring points when he was driving to the basket and then he would get a basket they would have to have a little bit more concentration on him and then lo and behold he's able to dump it down to guys driving in the lane behind him and it would make for a beautiful situation there really easy high percentage baskets for a team that has been struggling to shoot uh you know further out out in the arc uh this season thus far so I'm very happy with the way McCormick played tonight. And I, and I also, we've mentioned Dowdy too. We, you and I have harped a lot about the guard play. And tonight, I don't think there's any gripes that we can have overall for them. I mean, we can nitpick a few things, but I think this is one of the better guard games that we've seen from these two guys in quite some time. Yeah, I, I think it was one of the better games. And honestly, if they didn't show up, Auburn is getting run off the court. And yep. so, 
I mean, it just goes back to what we've been seeing all year is that it's just always someone else stepping up and you know, that's perfectly fine. Like you don't need a superstar to, to win a lot of games, obviously, because I don't think we have a superstar. I think we have a bunch of stud players, but no just key pieces like we've had in years past or year past of just like having very well-known lighted up players. And you know what, like that just speaks volumes to the work that the coaching staff has been able to do with this team to, to plug and play and get them where they need to be. I think the big step that Auburn needs to take is getting those freshmen that come off the bench and Jamal Johnson to really find their groove because since entering SEC play, their their time has been cut down a little bit, and you really want to see them get going, especially as you're going to need them in deeper tournament runs. Absolutely. That's one thing that I've been really noticing is not just time, but uh, production out of them in terms of obviously statistics, you know, and the game is much bigger than points and rebounds and stuff like that. Uh, there's a reason they give the sixth man award in the NBA every year because those are guys that typically don't get the high stats, but they are part of they're a huge reason why a uh, a, ten, a team ends up being successful if you've got a great sixth man. So uh, while Macklemore is our sixth man in that, uh, you know, in this arena here, I think there are three players that really could fill that role as well. And I'd love to see them step up a little bit more. Uh, I think Drew tonight. Again, free throws, uh, only 70%. So it doesn't meet my high water mark, but uh, free throws win games. And I think this is a perfect example tonight of the Tigers stepping up in clutch situations and knocking down some free throws to keep themselves in the victory column. Yeah, I mean, Purefoy struggled all night in a lot of ways. It was one of his worst games of the year too, but he stepped up and made two big free throws there at the end. Akoro made some good free throws at the end. McCormick, who has struggled at the free throw line this year, made some good free throws. And so I think it, that's something that you can tell they've been working on and it's really beginning to click and it's not as big of an Achilles heel as it was, especially with the rate that they're getting to the line over the past couple of games. Absolutely. And I think when we get into situations, which we clearly will again on the road, uh, if this is the way that free throws are starting to trend, uh, it bodes well for Auburn for being able to fight their way back out of bad situations, which they have proven that they can do tonight. So uh, using this as a transition to move on to the next game. Currently whoa, 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 whoa. Re- I'm, I'm going to hijack this program real quick because uh, I've got something that I want to ask you. Okay. Okay, so we're going to play a little blind resume. Actually, we're not going to play a blind resume. I'm sitting here looking at net rankings. You and I talked before we hopped on. We're nine games away from the end of the season, right? Uh, ESPN has us as not a lot to get into the NCAA tournament, which I find amusing. uh, Wait, 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 wait. They're saying there's still a chance we're not going to make the tournament? Like we're going to lose every one of our games? There's no SEC locks right now. But Auburn is listed as should be in by virtue of being alphabetical. <laughs> we just got listed first. Uh, we sh- we should be in is how they list us. I-, I think that's a farce, and whoever was doing that was clickbaiting. But uh, I-, I think I think Auburn's in. Do you? Oh, I, there's no question. I, I mean, they literally would have the have to have the biggest tanking that ever existed in in college basketball for them not to be in at this point. And I- I'll stand by that statement if it happens. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone would agree is that Auburn would basically have to lose the next nine games and then 
lose their first game of the SEC tournament as well to not get in. But doing some research on what does this Auburn team compare to in history past? Like, what are we looking at? Because it is kind of hard to gauge. The NCAA is down this year. It's been a weird basketball year altogether. And so I, I've i done some comparison on what, what did this Auburn team bring? Like, where are they in accordance to other teams this far in the year? And oddly enough, one of the teams that they compare resumes to is a team that everyone loved back in the day, the 2018 Auburn Tigers. <laughs> oddly uh, enough, right? Yes. And so out of the, the resumes that they compare to, all but two of them have been at-large bids into the NCAA tournament. And the deepest was Purdue in 2017, pretty good team, Robbie Hubble on that team, and Xavier in 2010, also a very good team. Both of those advanced to the Sweet 16. The rest were round of 64 and round of 32 knockouts. Mm. Is it a disappointment if Auburn makes the tournament, gets – and the average seed for these teams is four. If they get a four or five seed, but only make it, they don't even make it past the first weekend. Is that a disappointment for us? I think it has to be. Uh, personally, I think the talent that is uh, assembled on this team right now and uh, what we've seen them do uh, in neutral sites, homes, not necessarily on the road, um, I do think that anything less than Sweet 16 would be considered a disappointment this year. And I, and I know that the numbers don't back that statement up based on what you just given me, but I, I got to say it's a disappointment. I, I would say it's a disappointment as well. But then again, with some of these brackets that are coming out, they've done a really kind thing and put us, even if we get past the first weekend, we're in Baylor just bracket. So we have to go toe to toe against them. <laughs> who's just awesome. a real devastating team right now. Some of the brackets I've seen our second game would be Illinois, who is a very solid team right now. And so, uh, I mean, that does worry me is what matchup do we get? And obviously we can't predict any of that at all, but it's definitely something that, that we should be concerned about. And I was wrong about the Purdue team. It was Caleb Swanigan, not um, Robbie Hummel, but I mean, just looking at these teams, the one thing I noticed between Auburn and those teams, much better three-point shooting teams. Uh, And so that has to worry Auburn fans a little bit is not the fact that we, we need to be like just stroking it from three like we were last year, but we're shooting right at 30% on the year. The rest of these teams were shooting 38 to 42% that we compare to. And so... Uh, I think this is going to be a really interesting stretch of the season is how does this Auburn team finish? What are they able to do and what do they look like come tournament time? To run off of that though, Drew, uh, I'd be interested in that. I know you probably don't have time to compile these type of stats to kind of really make a good guess at it, but where do those other resumes and teams rank in terms of their defense? Because I think that this team is defensively on a different level than even the 2018 Auburn team. I mean, they, they're they pretty comparable as far as defenses go. I mean, you're, you're both looking at all these teams have big men that are able to defend in the post. And so they hold opponents to right at like 65 to 70 points a game. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think I could compile those stats that quickly, but I can't. Uh, you you uh, <laughs> impressed me again, sir. <laughs> and, and so I, 
defensively they're comparable but then you also take into account some of these are resumes from 2010 2011 2012 and basketball has come such a long way since then and so it it's you can't do a like for like it's not black and white comparison or anything like that but it is definitely something that there's a lot of gray area out there, I guess is what I'm saying. Like we can't just go, wow. In 2010, that Xavier team made a run with Jordan Crawford, who used to stroke threes left and right. So this Auburn team should be able to make a run because they score similar points and hold defense or hold opposing teams to a similar point as well. It's just hard to do nowadays, but I think it is interesting to go back and look at historical seasons and see who you're comparing with in the past like decade or so. Cause right. I think that gives you a good gauge of where this team can go. And that's just right now in the season, this team can still continue to win and maybe finish with like four to five losses. And then you're looking at probably a, an even higher ceiling on this team as far as numbers show. Right. And I, I think the trends exist for a reason. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to happen, but there's a reason it's a trend. It means it's happened a lot or this type of situation just happened to this type of team. So uh, it shouldn't be uh, a cause for concern, but maybe a reality check uh, for us as fans to realize that while this team does look very good on paper, is getting some good wins and compiling a, a lot of wins for that a matter of fact, but uh, maybe we need to, not be surprised if things don't end the way we want them to. Still a lot of season left to play. Currently ranked at number 11 on the year. Uh, and I think some have us at number four seeds right now. But if we want to raise those expectations, we need to get the win uh, this Saturday at home in Auburn Arena again versus number 18 LSU. Uh, they'll be coming in 17-4 and four currently, 8-0 and oh in the SEC. They do have a game uh, coming up. Uh, tomorrow night as we're recording this the night before uh, so it could change um, in fact I'll just ask you this Drew to start off would you rather LSU come in undefeated or with one loss they're not gonna lose to Vanderbilt so. I know this but, but but I'm just just for speculation would you rather have a team that's kind of licking their wounds or you know still feeling the high of being the only defeated team in the SEC uh they're not gonna lose to Vanderbilt that's all I'm gonna <laughs> go with that <laughs> It's it's true. Uh, poor Vandy. And was there? I think there was something today in the news about Vanderbilt losing their chancellor or something. Oh, like no, that. their athletic director stepped down at, with less than a year on the job. Oh my goodness. Uh, poor Vandy. They just can't catch a break in athletics. Sometimes. I mean, they they get their good baseball season every once in a while. I think they got a bowling national championship one time, but otherwise, the big ones they they they, they it's a struggle for them sometimes to get things going. Uh, so yeah, I don't anticipate them. Uh, getting the loss before they come to Auburn arena here, but this is, I won't say it would be to the level of the Kentucky game, uh, but it pretty much has the same makings Two ranked teams uh, in the teens here uh, coming in. One is undefeated in the sec. So it should have the same marquee type of type of feel to it. Very important game for Auburn. Obviously if they win, they don't take the lead in the sec uh, in, in the most traditional stance, but they kind of position themselves uh, for a little bit of control in the SEC. So I think this obviously is a very important game for Auburn. What does Auburn have to do, Drew, to be successful on at home against LSU? Oh, my gosh. Don't get in a close game with LSU. They always <laughs> win close games. They're the weirdest team this year. Like, I, 
LSU is really good, I think. I, I hate that Will Wade's able to still coach high college basketball at the moment because if <laughs> some people can get in trouble for throwing a barbecue, if you get caught on a wiretap saying pay the kid whatever, you should not be able to coach basketball for like at least a year. It makes sense. Uh, but I don't know. LSU's kind of played with fire a little bit and then really found themselves come SEC play. And so... I don't know what to think of them. I mean, you look through their schedule and they've beaten the mess out of teams they're supposed to beat. They had a they took a loss to Utah State when Utah State was ranked and took a loss to VCU, played it pretty tight against Bowling Green at the beginning of the season, played a tight one against Arkansas and won, went to overtime against AM, played a tight one against Ole Miss, played a tight one against Florida. Played a tight one against Texas. Played a tight one against Alabama until the very end. Don't get in a tight game with LSU. You have to come out hot. They don't shoot the three very well. They're only 30% on the year. So worry about packing the paint because that's where they're going to try and get to. They get to the line a ton. Every one of their starters scores in double figures. It, oh, this, <laughs> this, Yeah, it, you're going to have to have one of your best defensive performances and you can't send them to the line a lot. They get sent to the line 16 times a game. You can't make them go more than that. Like, that's just not going to work. I want to make a statement here and tell me if you disagree with me. I think LSU has had one of the easier starts to SEC play. Do you, if you have that in front of you, would you agree with that? Uh, I mean, outside of Florida, kicked off with Tennessee, uh, who are champions of the world right now because they'd be. <laughs> a certain team double eagle <laughs> i mean Ar- arkansas is a decent team like they beat arkansas early mississippi yeah, state so, yeah. who who knows what mississippi state's doing with their life right now uh I, I, they've had an okay start i mean like sec's not great this year it'd be i mean maybe they could have played florida and kentucky or south carolina early but i mean no. no, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, college basketball this year is weird. I don't like it. But isn't that, but seriously though? Isn't that what makes it great though? At the same time, is because we can't figure this thing out. We're not saying, well, Duke's just going to win the whole thing again. But, you know, now we're talking about Baylor, who looks dominant, but who knows when they're going to tank? I mean, no, because because what I'm looking forward to is. I'm going to have to do a March Madness Pick'em show with you and Ben, and I'm going to have to hear you talk about Tom Izzo for nine hours, and this this year's weird, so I can't win. Yes. Like you, you never know who's going to win this year. Wait, what do I always say? Tom Izzo, don't never count, count Never count Tom Izzo in any month that ends in month. And also, never count on Gonzaga to go very far. Now, they proved me wrong a little bit last year, but still, I'm just going to say Gonzaga always, whenever I count on them, they always count me out. So I, I just can't get on the same page with Gonzaga for some reason. Anyway, uh, we're a long way off from March. Huge, important game for Auburn. SEC implications, national implications for them. Um, if Auburn can get this win, it is another huge stamp on their resume for postseason play. So we'll see if we can squeak out the win, hopefully. Maybe not squeak out the win because, as Drew said, if don't you squeak. Sque- no, no squeaking here. It needs to be a roar. <laughs> A <laughs> uh, quick update for you on the women's program before we get out of here. Uh, their last game, they are on a two-game win streak, beating or not two-game win streak, but they got their second win against Vandy, uh, seventy to sixty-two at home. Uh, they will be heading to Alabama to take them on for the second time this year, this Sunday, the ninth at three p.m. Central Time. And that's going to do it for here on this episode. Before we get out, Drew, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? 
You can find me on Twitter or MySpace at Drew underscore Hoop, H-O-P-0-2. And you cannot find me on MySpace, but you can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Inside the Jungle. And until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you? <laughs>